Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Less than two weeks into the new year, the Grand Slam season is already underway. Welcome to TC Live at the Australian Open. They call it the Happy Slam. And this year, there is even more reason for joy. An extra day of tennis means we're working on the weekend to kick off this grand gathering of the world's best. Here's what's coming up over the next two hours. Novak Djokovic has dominated this event unlike any man in history. He's going for 25 major singles titles. How about 11 here in Melbourne? We'll tell you about all the new records the top seed is looking to smash. Plus, Iga Sviantek hoping to conquer this year's major for the very first time. See where the world number one stacks up against a field that is loaded with Grand Slam champions. There is a swarm of new hopefuls on the men's side. Who could check their name off the dubious list of best players to not win a major? Our experts discuss. And with first ball just a couple hours away, Casper and the kids still have a few things to work out. TC Live always keeping its eye on the ball right about now. Looking at our featured matches on this Saturday in the States, Sunday in Australia. Yannick Sinner getting the party started in Rod Laver Arena against Botic van de Zanschulp. Maria Sakri and now Habino meeting for the second time in Melbourne. How about that 10-time champ? Novak Djokovic looking to improve on a 28-match winning streak in Melbourne. Former champ Caroline Wozniacki headlining the night session on MCA. And Arena Sabalenka beginning the defense of her first major title. A lot to look forward to on this weekend. The returning champs both getting ready to take the court today. Novak Djokovic hasn't lost a match here in six years, folks. Going for his 11th title down under. And how about the Americans looking to break through at the Australian Open? Jesse Pagula has made the quarterfinals three straight years. Looking to take it that next step. Leading nearly 20 American women in the draw. Jesse Pagula coming on site and has been playing well in the lead-ups. Come on in. Welcome. It is great to have you with us. Get the gang back together. Steve Weissman. Got the Hall of Famer, Lindsey Davenport from Sports Illustrated, 60 Minutes, John Wertheim. And, of course, the GOAT herself, 12-time Australian <laughs> Open she. champion, Martina Navratilova. <laughs> Sad that you're not with us, Martina, but great to see you. How you doing? Happy New Year. I'm doing great. A different uh, situation for me this year than last year, so I'm so thrilled to be here and great to be with you guys. Awesome to have you, Martina. And we get an extra day, Lindsay. 15 <laughs> days. Australia now joining Roland Garros as a three Sunday event. You know, it was so surprising is we had to look back to see when Roland Garros added that first Sunday and it was back in 2006. The question is, I'm su- or I guess, why is it taking the slams, the other slams so long to also go to mm. 15 days? Because it's, it's a money maker for them, no question. Yep. Nice if that money waterfall down to the players, but these are the tentpole event of our sport. Why not wrap it around three weekends? Also, not everyone can go watch tennis during the week. X-ray Sunday session helps. 
Also, they're coming in hot. I mean, this is not an it's you know, what was he with the restaurants? A soft open. Yes, I mean, sir. these are these are good <laughs> matches they're putting on. So uh, they're they're coming in uh, coming in with the best. Three Sunday fun days. Uh, yeah, love right. to see right. it. Love right. to see it. And yes, the first round matchups, best I've ever seen For at a major. Yeah. Maybe not an exaggeration. Uh, we start our show though with a couple of big storylines. Guess who's back? Back again. Naomi Osaka, two-time champ. She's a new mom. Says she's found happiness and inner peace. Carlos Alcaraz, remember he was injured at the start of last season. Now back as a two-time major champ. Has never made it past the third round here. What do you expect to see from Naomi Osaka, Lindsay? Well, first, I think the tour and the fans worldwide are so happy just to see her back playing tennis. And it, all signs the last few weeks of seeing her down under. She looks much happier. She looks at peace. Has her baby girl. Now, baby girl's not with her. Stayed back in California. I think anytime you have a Grand Slam champion, four-time also on hard courts. This is the best hardcore player when she was healthy and playing well. Still, it's a big-ass seven matches. Absolutely. Martina, we saw her play a couple matches in the lead-up in Brisbane. Won one of them. Lost one of them. But looked like she was hitting the ball as clean as ever. What did you see? Hitting the ball great. Movement is okay, too. It's just, you know, not having played a match for 18 months, nobody can come out sharp, so unless you can Kleisters, of course, when, when the US Open second second tournament you play. But, uh, yeah, I think she could go into the draw a little bit, but I don't see her winning. Not quite yet, but hopefully she will again. As, as she says, she's relaxed now. Different perspective on the game. And, uh, yeah, great to have a break either way. I wonder if you gave her truth serum, what she would say her expectations are. <laughs> this is a two-time champion. You can say, oh, it's just great to be back here and whatever happened. I, I got to be thinking that she has a more concrete goal. I think you're right. I mean, seven rounds realistically is a lot to ask. But, you know, she plays a, a, top, a top seed in her, uh, her first-round match. That's a winnable match against Caroline Garcia. Then the draw opens. She won't play a seed her next match. I wonder if she's thinking concretely, I want to get to, say, the middle weekend. I, I can't, sure. can't say I she wouldn't. Would right? I, I don't think a player like that would go down and make this big a sacrifice if she didn't think she could be relevant. The match against Garcia is really going to show us everything. Yeah. And there's going to be nerves to be back on that biggest stage. She plays a player who's a former top 10 player, top 5 player, uh, has weapons. It's showtime. And Osaka knows that this is what it's all about. Yeah, playing a top 16 yeah. seed. But the most dangerous of floaters in yeah. the draw oh, yeah. is a future Hall of Famer, Naomi Osaka. Let's check out the live odds right now. Bet 365 to win the whole thing. You can still get plus money, John, on Novak Djokovic, who hasn't lost a match here since 2018. Yeah, we always sort of say rhetorically, would you take Djokovic on the field? Well, there's your answer. And it's pretty much a coin flip. I guess Alcaraz is, you know, go by the rankings and he's, he's your second choice. Though, as you say, Steve, not much of a track record here. I'm not sure I see a ton of value. Interesting, Sitsipas reached the final last year, is not among the mm. top six with the odds makers. Uh, it'll be interesting, too. I mean, there was so much talk about Novak and his wrist and his arm. You could see when he was practicing out there, his arm had an arm sleeve on it and that lower part. We'll see how healthy he is. But I don't know. Alcaraz never been past the third round. And his first tournament back, he's been... Starting the season in Melbourne, so is Sinner. That is a tough ask. They both played late into the season, played some Exos, and just didn't want to play any of the lead-up tournaments. Those two and Medvedev. So, yeah. so three of the guys that are favored to win, Martina, did not play a lead-up event. Uh, if it's not Novak Djokovic, who is your favorite, Martina, to win on the men's side? It's funny because even with they play an event, everybody's kind of rusty. It's a new season, even though the off-season is not that long. It's still a new season. It's the longest break of the year, right, of, 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 that you have. 
So people are kind of not quite match ready. And on top of that, we've had few of those players have injuries that couldn't play. Uh, Novak has had some questions with his forearm. Uh, Alcaraz didn't play just two exhibition matches. Uh, so everybody's talking a good game, but uh, we'll see. Everybody's a bit rusty. Uh, so that first week would be interesting. It starts fast. It starts really quick in Melbourne. On the women's side, let's check out the odds as well. The world number one who hasn't lost a match since the fall, Iga Spiontek, is your favorite player, Lindsay, but once again, hasn't been past the semifinals and only did that once. Yeah, exactly. I think it's a different Iga, and her mindset seemed to shift last fall and 16 matches in a row, had beat three top 20 players at the United Cup. I think this is like her big goal, right? She's never played her best tennis in Australia. I think she's looking to do that, but golf's going to be tough to beat also. You talk about that bottom row, uh, Mira Andreva. God bless her. A lot of talent. Should she really be number six with the odds? I mean, has been to three major finals in the last 18 months. Um, that surprises me. But I think you're right. I think Ika comes in a lot of momentum, little little tinker on the serve, which I think may end up paying big dividends. I think that top row looks about right. What do you think, Martina? Andreva, really? <laughs> <It's> like, okay, <laughs> thank you. Do something first to put her that high up. I think Zhang can be a dangerous player because she keeps improving and she's a very good athlete and she's got a big game. But I put, I put Rybakina slightly above Sabalenka given that she beat her so handily yeah. last uh, two weeks ago. And, uh, you know, then she defaulted, I think, after the second round last week. But uh, the, she, she, she's done her work. She is matched up and she's got to be a lot of, a lot of I'm very confident. So, but Iga, I haven't seen that different service motion, but I look forward mm-hmm. to seeing that. See how, how that plays out, because if she adds a couple more miles per hour on that serve, yeah. even more dangerous. Absolutely. We'll see how the courts play as well. The speed will be a big factor for both Iga and Coco Goff. That final last year, one of the best we've seen between Sabalenka and Rabakina. They are still at the top as well. Two weeks to figure it all out. There's Coco Goff on site, getting ready to go, smiling, happy. The top-ranked American in the world getting ready to go here in Australia. We are just getting started on the show. When we come back, we'll break down the biggest storylines on the men's and women's sides from Nole's quest for history to Coco's chances at conquering a second straight major. It's all happening on TC Live at the Australian Open. TC Live at the Australian Open is brought to you in part by Bet365, the world's favorite sports book. By Tennis Express, we deliver tennis right to your front door. Order today, ships today. And by National Car Rental. Go national, go like a pro. Welcome back. A reminder that TC Live comes your way at 5 o'clock Eastern every day. Two-hour pregame show. The only one in the biz to get you ready for first ball over on ESPN. Then at 11 a.m. Eastern, it is Tennis Channel Encore coverage with Brett Haber and Paul Anacone. Don't want to miss that either. The Australian Open now a 15-day event. We are starting Saturday in the States, Sunday in Australia. And that means an extra day to see Novak Djokovic in action. He is starting on day one, and this is a guy that is going for all the records the sport ever has to offer. I I don't think he'll get every record, Martina. (laughs) Don't, Don't worry. 
thousand weeks inside the top ten. Probably not going to get that. Nonetheless, how about these numbers? 25 is what he's going for. Just stand alone above all others. Did you ever think we were going to get to this, Lindsay? Oh, it was that race seemed so tight. What was it at one point? Federer at 20, Rafa 20, 17. 20, 20. It wasn't. Well, it was 20, uh, 20, 20. Oh, yeah. And Novak, no, but oh, Novak yeah, was yeah. down at like 11 or 12. 12. Like yeah, it 12. seemed he was so far out of reach. And, and when all is said and done, he's going to be like looking way back in the rearview mirror. He's just remarkable. No signs of slowing down. He's going to add a couple this year, no doubt. Let's hear from him inside the press room as he goes for more history. Look, it's no secret that I, I verbalize my, my goals and I say clearly that I you know, want to win every slam that I, that I participate and play on. Um, it's no different this year. Um, you know, I'm just hoping I can start the season in a way that I have been starting my seasons, most of my seasons in, throughout my career with, with a win here in Australia, in Melbourne. I hope that, yeah, I'm going to be able to, to uh, if not play at the level that I did last year, then be very close to that because that was you know, one of the best tennis uh, levels that I've played. It's absolutely incredible, John. You got to spend some time with Novak doing a great piece on 60 Minutes. Well, what did you learn about him and his kind of philosophy in, in coming towards these records? It's interesting. I think he's sort of he's beyond the false modesty. I mean, he knows it sounds hollow to say, boy, I'm just hoping to do my best. He, he knows what's at stake. He knows how absurd these records are. And he said something really interesting to me. He said, you know, I, I was a chaser for so long, and now I want to be a creator. So I think he's kind of mentally moved on past this GOAT race, which, you know, to his credit, he said it meant something to him. It, he's really proud that he was able to eclipse Roger and Rafa, and I think he sort of mentally switched to a new phase where it's about building, creating, thwarting these young kids, but sort of he's found motivation, even though the two guys that motivated him for so long aren't on the scene at this tournament. Oh, me. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, you know, he's found the secret sauce to longevity and really being able to uh, peak for the majors. It's That's what it, tennis has become all about, just the majors. So then you really schedule yourself perfectly. And Novak has found the perfect sauce. Uh, so I, I don't see anybody beating him unless they get a lot better in Alcaraz's to improve, especially three out of five. And uh, right now... Father Tom may be the only one that beats Novak, maybe <laughs> injuries, but right now, tennis-wise, he beats you down. Two out of three, a lot of people have a chance. Three out of five, he is so efficient the way he plays uh, with his stroke production, doesn't have to run around his backhand to hit the forehand, so he's really, really efficient in energy conservation. And then he spreads the court so much he gets everybody else so tired. They Even if they get two sets, they cannot get three. So Father Tom is the best chance of beating Novak Djokovic at this stage. Yeah. It's so true. And and yet, this is the year he turns 37. All the <laughs> yeah. other players we talk about that are, are at his age. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. 
With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We're like, oh, when, when are they going to hang it up? Why are they still coming out there? Novak, it's like he's the number one player in the world. Nobody can beat this guy. He's got a, a projected path to number 11. Uh, what do you see as potentially a roadblock for him? Uh, it's interesting. Starts off against uh, a player who won the juniors yeah. last year at Roland Garros. I, I don't know with Novak about how far ahead he looks in the draw, right? It, it, for him, I, I don't think he, I think it's all about managing himself and his injuries getting through. Certainly, it would be great to see him play Andy Murray in the third round, maybe Ben Shelton in the fourth round, who had such a great run here last year. But really, you look towards the semis when you have Novak. You, you almost like skip those first few rounds. And a great sign that he's playing on Sunday. I think if his arm or his wrist was really bothering him, he'd want his latest start as possible. The fact also that he can play on the opening day, he knows also you want to manage yourself now over 15 days. He's got seven matches in 15 days. I want to start as soon as possible so I get the most amount of rest if needed. He's a master at these kind of events. He knows how to handle himself. He knows how to physically stay fresh towards the end. I think it's going to it's tough to see anyone beating him. I think that's a yeah. really important point. I mean, peek behind the curtain. Novak ain't playing on the opening day if Novak doesn't yeah. want to. So yeah. the fact that he was agreeable to this, I think that answers a lot of questions about his wrist. And then we showed that draw. I mean, the, the only other top ten player in this quarter is Tsitsipas, who comes in with no momentum. And, oh, yeah, that's who Djokovic beat last year in the final. So as if everything else weren't lining up, that, that draw is pretty kind to him as well. It, it certainly is. And to put it in perspective, there's a few 16-year-olds playing on the, on the women's side in the main draw. They were one when he won his first <laughs> title in Australia. It's crazy, the longevity as well that he's been dominant for so long. There is a young buck, though, that has beaten him before and has been number one in the world before. Carlos Alcaraz coming in to this event, missed it last year, was injured. Let's hear from Alcaraz inside the press room about trying to get back to that top spot. I think I did a good preparation uh, coming to, to this year. Uh, I think right now we, we have to uh, improve with the things that I didn't do well last year, for example, and uh, uh, trying to be uh, to be better with um, with my team and, uh, and myself, obviously. But I think this year uh, it's gonna it's gonna be a, a good one. <laughs> I like that confidence out of Carlitos. He won six titles last year, won Wimbledon. Martina got back to number one in the world. Now he's chasing once again, but can do it by the end of this tournament, depending on the results. He said himself, there are things I can do to get better. What do you think Carlos can improve on? I'm most of all managing his uh, emotions and managing his energy in the three out of five because he's had issues with his cramps on different body parts different uh, locations, Paris, uh, Cincinnati. Uh, and so that's the biggest thing. I think he knows when to want to pull the trigger on the drop shots. He knows how to play the game. Uh, the faster surface should be helpful somewhat to him because then all the weapons pay off more. Uh, but just to be able to 
manage that um, how much energy you have for three out of five set match versus a two out of three against the top players, particularly. Again, it all comes back to Novak. <laughs> Yeah, it'll be interesting. This is the first time that Carlos will be down under as a favorite, as really a rock star now. When he was last there a couple of years ago, he was a breakout star. People were curious to see what he could do. He was still a newcomer. Now he's a favorite to win the title. We'll see how those expectations weigh on him. Steve, we were also talking about at the commercial, coach isn't with him. Mm -hmm. Longtime coach. He, he has his coach's former coach yeah. uh, with him. Don't think it'll make a big difference, but obviously a little different in the camp there. We know that he does rely, looks over awful lot to his camp and his group there. Um, but just a couple of changes came late also to Australia. So we'll see if he's ready to go in the first round. Yeah, Juan Carlos Ferro had a knee surgery, so couldn't make the trip to Melbourne. Nonetheless, his projected road to the title at the Australian Open looks like this. And what do you think of it, John? I mean, you, you look at his draw. There, there are a lot of sort of annoying players. Mm. There are a lot of players. You know, even that first round, he's, I doubt he's going to lose to Richard Gasquet. On the other hand, it might be his last Australian Open for Gasquet. A veteran, former top ten player. That's a little bit of a variable. Dan Evans could be tricky. Bublik, you never know what you're going to get. I mean, I don't see him losing in week one, but I, I think there's some players there that might annoy him, which may be a disguised blessing, but his, I think his draw is much tougher than Novak's. Martina Lindsay brought up the point. It's a different mindset this year. You're, you're coming in as a two-time major champion. You're coming in as somebody who folks are gunning for you. How does he deal with that? Well, I think he handled it pretty well last year because he's number one the year before, and, and uh, he, he ended up uh, having a great year this last year. Uh, where everybody knows how to play him now. It was the sort of sophomore year, so he handled it beautifully. The only person he couldn't handle was Novak. I would like to see him, especially now that Juan Carlos is not there, to see him just stay on the court a little more and don't look at the box after every single point, trying to get advice or encouragement. I mean, the fans are on his side. It's not like he's the un the, he's the favorite and everybody's rooting against him. So just stay, manage that energy a little bit better on the court and think things through yourself. I think that might give him confidence as well. That would be interesting. We were talking about the draw. Fourth round, Tommy Paul. Tommy Paul had a great run in Melbourne last year. Was able to beat him last summer. That one could be a big match if, if excuse me, <laughs> if Carlos isn't quite ready to go at the first major. Tommy Paul's going to be ready. He likes playing in Melbourne also, so look forward to that one if it happens. Could be the third man in the open era to win three major titles before turning 21. Mm -hmm. So we shall see. Hasn't been past the third round. I expect him to do that this year. Those are your two favorites on the men's side. But still to come, she hasn't lost a match since September. Are you taking Iga Sviantec or the field? We will break down the top storylines on the women's side at this year's Australian Open. Davenport and Average Love of Worth, Iman Weissman, back with you. 65 major titles between the four of us. Uh, there are 14 major champions in the women's field this year. Lots of opportunity. Let's hear from some of the top contenders as they prepare to take the court. I feel really great. Uh, um, I had an incredible season last year. I improved a lot as a player and as a person, and I did a really great preseason. We worked, uh, we worked a lot, and I feel like we improved a lot. So um, I feel really great and feel like I'm ready to go. I'm kind of taking it step by step, so I'm not looking that much forward. I remember last year I was looking, you know, I was kind of analyzing what I can do throughout the whole year, and it, it was really, I mean, I got tired just thinking about it, you know? So this year I'm just thinking about um, 
until the end of Australian Open, and then I'm going to think about my next goals. All right, one step at a time. We like to hear that from Iga. Comes in as the world number one. She's won 16 matches in a row, Martina, but has only been past the fourth round a single time at the Australian Open. Why do you think that is? Uh, probably just because it's the first tournament of the year more than anything. You know, people, uh, some, especially the top players, have a harder time getting enough rest in between the previous season and the new season. Um, maybe the weather also. I mean, you know, Polish people are not used to that kind of a heat. So it could be that. Um or just just ran into good players, you know, maybe was too nervous. It could be a whole bunch of things. So I think she's doing a good job thinking just this tournament, just this, not the rest of the year, just stay in the moment, literally stay, play it one day at a time and uh, don't look too far ahead because there's nothing you can do about that. You can only uh, deal with what's, what's in front of you today. So I think her mindset is much, much better. And as well, there's some tweaks in her game that might make the necessary improvement needed to win this, win this thing. Hot take, it may have been a blessing for her that she lost that number one ranking late last year. Then she regained it. She had a lot of momentum, really played well to close out the year. She was terrific at United Cup. But, yeah, I mean, she should be the number one seed. That's her ranking. But she's only won one major off of clay. She's never even reached the final in Melbourne. I, I think she's probably, on paper, your favorite. But I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if another player – I mean, I don't think it's anything close to the men's side where, you know, Iga versus the field, I think you got to take the field, no? Hmm. I would agree with that. Billie Jean King says you got to see it to be it. I haven't seen it yet, so we'll see. She can certainly prove it, Lindsay, yep. but the road, too, is not an easy one. I mean, she hasn't been to a final, as John said. First round, she's playing somebody who won this whole thing just four years ago in Sophia Kennan. Second round, it's either another former champion or a finalist. I love what she said in press. Is, is she's trying to learn from last year's mistake, and, and that's number one. And maybe some this draw will make her focus from the very first round. She knows she can't afford to get down on herself, look too far ahead, especially when you're playing all of these great players right off the bat, starting off with Kennan, then Collins or Kerber. It was Collins who beat her here a couple of years ago in a semifinal that Iga was a heavy favorite in. It's funny because the Australian Open plays fast, but this Grand Slam, the speed changes more so than any other major. A couple of years, it was lightning fast. Now, I think that really hurt Iga for a couple of years. Don't think it's quite as fast. It's certainly a fast hardcore, but I don't think it's like lightning anymore. So that gives Iga just a little bit more time. She needs a little bit more time. She does not like to play on super fast courts. So that has been a huge problem for her as well. She needs that little bit of time to with her grips and to get her forehand. I think things are lining up more in her favor. I don't also see a 100-degree day yep. in the yeah, first yeah, couple true. of yeah. days of first week. Who knows in the second week? I think that kind of heat really debilitates her as well. I'm looking forward to that first-round matchup. Yeah. Kennan and Sviantec, that is one of those black blockbuster matches that we have in the first round. The returning champ, though, is Arena Sabalenka. Check that box off. Got to number one in the world last year as well, Martina. But what is the pressure like coming back after winning your first major? Nice problem. <laughs> you, know, you don't have to doubt whether you can win it. You did it. It was the first one as well. So far, the only one. But uh, she's not done. And, and the, 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 you know, I, whenever I came to a tournament when I wanted the year before, I had extra confidence. I didn't look at extra pressure. I just looked at extra confidence. So she should be thrilled about it. I'm sure there's big photos of her from winning last year. So that makes you feel good. And uh, obviously the surface uh, suits her. 
about Iga and the, the and the court and Sabalenka, Iga has the most complete game of anybody. But on a faster court like this, she can get hit off the court by somebody like uh, Sabalenka, which is yeah, which is possible. Again, yeah. it's interesting. Sabalenka cracked in the U.S. Open final against Goff, and, and she's spoken a lot about how the crowd really got to her. Like she was not prepared for that, which shame on her, shame on her team. But that crowd was always going to be 98% for Goff. Wasn't prepared, and it got to her mentally. She can't afford to have that same mistake happen again. Well, curious to see if she comes into this major with a little bit of a different mindset, if, if she tries to control things a little differently. Amazing accomplishment winning it 12 months ago. But once you win one, it becomes about how do I win more? Mm. She's been, she wants to stay at number one, get to number one, start to dominate. You've got to win more majors. You can't afford that mental lapse that she had in the final against Goff. She's been yeah. so consistent. Made the semifinals at all four majors last year. Also had a hiccup mm. at Roland Garros yep. in that match yep. as well. So a couple of matches where... She, you know, me mentally wasn't able to hold up. But hearing from her leading up to this event, she says, what doesn't kill me makes me stronger. Seems like her headspace, you're, you're shaking your head. I, I feel like her headspace is in a great I, spot. I feel like I'm, I'm the cartoon villain uh, twirling my mustache here. <laughs> um, you know, like, Wimbledon, very winnable match late in the tournament. Let it slide. As you yeah. say, that U.S. Open final, we, all credit to Coco Goff, but kind of let that one slip. And then rematch of last year's final against Robocan. She won three games. A week ago. Yeah. So she's coming in, the player she beat in the final last year, she lost 0-3 to? I, I mean, nice player. She won this event and has stayed at the top echelon, but a lot of opportunities have really slipped through her fingers since then. How, how much do we put into the, the warm-up match? 0-3? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, uh, enough. Enough. <laughs> enough. <laughs> you don't put anything in it? No, it's not good. Yeah. I mean, if, if I'm coming to a tournament, I, that bothers me more than losing to Coco at the U.S. Open because I got nervous. But getting hit off the court like that, the way she yeah. did against Rybakina, that can't give you much confidence. That's not that's not helpful. All right. We'll, we'll see. Uh, returning champ looking to go back to back. Somebody hasn't done that in Australia since. Victoria Azarenka. It's been over a decade since somebody went back to back at the Australian Open. And speaking of her, guess what? Exactly. Our producer, Mark Huss, was right on. He's like, we're going to show you Victoria Azarenka getting ready to go in the gym. Two-time champ at the Australian Open. More TC Live on the way, including today's match previews. Who could be primed for an early upset? Find out later in the show. Welcome back to TC Live as we lead you up to first ball on day one of the Australian Open. Back in our studios, I'm Steve Weissman. It's hard to believe that just one year ago, Rafa Nadal was the top seed on the men's side. In fact, with Nadal out and Roger Federer now retired, this will be the first major without those two legends in a quarter century. For more stats like that, make Tennis.com your online information source throughout the Australian Open and the entire 2024 season. Steve Tigner tells you what to watch for at this year's event. And John Burcock writes about the eight moms in the women's draw. Download the tennis app or visit the website now. Time now for our daily forecast with Fox Weather. Hey there, tennis fans. I'm Fox Weather meteorologist Craig Herrera. Here's today's Australian Open forecast. Got some partly cloudy conditions out there. Watch for the winds. The wind's picking up over in Melbourne. Temperatures, by the way, right about low to mid-80s. Beautiful once we get through a little bit of the wind, though. Remember... You can download the Fox Weather app or stream Fox Weather from your favorite connected TV device. Best of luck to all the players out there. Have a great day.
All right, thanks so much. Looking good. Still to come on the show, Mums the Word, the AO, an extension of Mother's Day. We'll tell you all about the moms in action. Plus, we'll show you who picked up trophies on their way to Melbourne. And our Bet365 match preview focuses on Yannick Sinner. But first, it involved backhands, but could be considered a backhanded compliment. John Wertheim goes unstrung on the best male player who hasn't won a major. You may be surprised who he picks. Back on TC Live, Novak Djokovic is on the verge of more history, going for his 25th major singles title, which would put him atop the list of any human to ever pick up a racket. As John Wertheim reports, while Djokovic has been hoarding trophies, many others are still looking for their first. It's the aim of any pro tennis player, to win as many titles as possible. But here's one title that brings with it ambivalence. It's a backhanded or forehanded compliment. And that title is this, best player never to have won a major. The distinction is both a compliment and a slight. You're good enough to take one of the sport's ultimate prizes, but you have not taken the essential last step yet. The men's game has served up only four major winners over the past three years. So who does that leave? Well, Alexander Zverev came within a game, a serving game of winning the 2020 U.S. Open. But as if that failure brought more scar tissue than confidence, Zverev hasn't come close to winning big since. Norway's Kasper Ruud has been to three major finals over the last 18 months. But those runs seem to be more about overachievement than close but not quite hopefulness. Stefano Tsitsipas has been to multiple major finals and reached four additional major semifinals, but his stock is currently heading in the wrong direction. Which brings us to the winner, such as it is, Yannick Sinner. The Italian is only 22 and is coming off a year that saw him finish at number four in the rankings, which is also the number of titles he won. Now let's confer a fifth title. Yes, for our money, he is the best player without a major. Sinner blends power, precision, and poise into a tight bundle. He has the stamina and professionalism and steady disposition to play best of five sets for seven matches. He now has momentum on his side, too, coming within a match of winning the ATP World Tour Finals and then a slew of Davis Cup heroics. He finished 2023 on a roll, including multiple wins over Novak Djokovic, which might be the best current barometer of a player's potential to win a major. Sinner has a rival, a slightly younger rival, to push him. Yes, Carlos Alcaraz has two majors already. For Sinner, it must be a source of optimism, not discouragement. If he can do it, why can't I? It's a good question without a good answer. All right, the current rankings would say it's Sinner, but we have been uh, debating this since we got in this morning in the green Hasn't room. Hasn't been to a Grand Slam final. You define our terms. We use <laughs> semantic here. Yeah. It, it is subjective, but I would say uh, the overall achievements of others would make them more best yet to win a major. I mean, you've got Zverev there, who's won multiple ATP finals, has gotten up to two in the world. Uh, Martina, who would your pick be on the men's side as the best best player that hasn't won a major yet? I will rephrase this for you. So the, for me, it's Vera because of the body of work and the opportunities he's had. 
But Sinner has not become a better player, and I think he's the one most likely from that, that group to win a major. <laughs> there we go. Perfectly said. Yeah. There's Perfectly our wisdom. Said. Current level right. Sinner. Right. Yeah. Accomplishments but, not yet. And hasn't right. been to a but, Grand Slam final. Right. He's only 22. No, I don't, I don't think you can have somebody that early in their career that's best to yet win a major. So, so if we say best player never to won a major. Do we mean the player that's poised, that's best poised, best positioned no. to break through? No. Or no. do we mean someone no. who You changed has the narrative there. I'm just asking questions. I mean, we didn't get um, Casper Ruud on that graphic. He's been to two in the world. Do we and, really and think Casper, Do we really think of Casper? All right, Martin. Why are you throwing so much Marty. What about poor Tsitsipas? Two Grand Slam finals, a set yes. away from winning Roland Garros, won the World we, Tour finals, we think he's four the, other semis. He's on the brink of breaking through, we're saying. No, but that's different. Uh, yeah. That's different. <laughs> breaking through. Martina, help us out. Jump in here, Marty. Uh, yeah, it was rude for me doesn't have the big weapon to bother people. He doesn't have the big game that Sinner brings to the table, or even Zverev with his back end and serve. They have bigger weapons. And so rude for me... If I'm playing well, I'm not going to lose to Rude, but I'm playing well, I could still lose to a sinner or even there. That's how I look at it. I want to throw another name in there that we didn't mention at all. How about Grigor Dimitrov, who's won a World Tour Finals, been to three in the world, three-time major semifinals, quarters at every major, playing really well right now. Yeah. yeah. There were, uh, there were what's three. What's the best three result three in the major? Semifinals. One right. semi? Three. Right. Three semis. Okay. Never a final. No. So the final's a big thing for you. I guess. Zver- I never knew that. Well, I guess. Zver- Zver- Zverev's your guy. He was he was serving for a major. Yeah. He didn't just no. get to a final. Listen, he no, was, he's not my guy. I mean, <laughs> he's, he's a possible choice. I, I think can we can we just big picture like we, we come to praise and not to bury. We're talking about elite players, good on them. We any one of them could break through. This I mean there are a lot of players who would kill to be in this conversation. So we're yeah. we're taking some shots here, but big picture, these guys are all doing pretty well. They are. Yeah. I mean, but as long as Novak's still playing, I, I don't know if they have a great chance. When are we doing the women? <laughs> oh. Are we going to do that a, this week? Yeah, tomorrow. We've got 15 okay. days. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. A lot more Come to get to here. Yeah. <laughs> All right. These, these guys never had to worry about that. No. Guys, uh, they, they just won majors right exactly. away. Exactly. Like, come just out the womb the, winning majors. Up. I don't right. think you compare Martina and Lindsay together, but. How old were you when you won your first yeah. major? Yeah. Pretty early. All right. Uh, we'll do the women though. That's good. We'll uh, we'll have a robust discussion there, and maybe we'll have our terms better. Defined Although a lot of women well. have won majors, so you know we have 14 right. Grand Slam champions in the draw. Yeah, a lot. <laughs> Not as many on the men's side, no. but a lot of those women, by the way, are now mothers. Does the Australian Open need to expand their nursery and playroom? We will explain the influx of new moms in the 2024 draw next. Welcome back. Inching closer to first ball at the Australian Open. And one of the biggest stories at this year's event is the return of Naomi Osaka. Had her daughter shy in July. Is playing major tennis for the first time in more than a year. The two-time AO champion is excited to get back on court. And here we are. Take a look at this. We've got eight mothers in the draw. Four of them are Australian Open champions. Osaka, Kerber, Wozniacki, Azarenka. But uh, a a lot of moms, Lindsay, and you have experience playing, winning titles as a mother. Tell us about it. Look at, can we just look at Aiden? Taylor's yeah. back. He's so cute. Oh, my goodness. Every time I see him. But, by the way, there's two ladies on that board with two kids, mm-hmm. Caroline and Tatiana Maria. That is a heck of an effort. And both of them traveling with both their kids and the whole family. 
and it is a lot to manage. And some people do it really seamlessly, and other other players, it's it's a little bit more stressful and, and more of a challenge. So. I, I think for all of these women, it's great to see. It sends a great message all around the world and, and to people and players of all ages anywhere of what can be done. Uh, I'm looking forward to one of them winning one soon. And whether it's here in Australia or later this year, um, I just feel like it's coming It's coming soon. How did it change your perspective? Because I'll let them talk about that. Yeah, you know, it, it, it was just way different on tour. I, I traveled full-time with my son, and we went from when he was about three months old, and I stopped when he was 12 months. Um, one of the reasons I stopped was because traveling with him and, and taking him away from his father, my husband, was just getting too hard for us, and my husband couldn't travel. So um, it just throws a whole different dimension in. But there, I loved, when I was done with practice or after my match, getting to him as soon as I could. You know, and for other players I, I've seen in this generation, they feel better um, not traveling with their kids and trying to just focus on the tennis when they're on the road. So, as we say, to each their own. Yeah. And um, everyone, it's not easy to manage no matter how you do it. Yeah, and Osaka has said it's best for Shai to, to stay at home in this early stage of life. So, Naomi is on her own in Melbourne, uh, Martina. We saw her play a couple matches in the lead-up. She won one of them, lost one of them. But w what's a realistic, successful event for Naomi Osaka? I guess not to beat herself, uh, you know, just play her best tennis that she's capable of playing right now or not, not letting her nerves get in the way. Um, and it also depends on what, what the draw is like. She plays Garcia first round, yep. right? And, uh, she, and Garcia has not had the greatest last six months. So she has to look at it as a great opportunity and draw may open up after that, play a couple more matches after that. Now she's in the round of 16 and, you know, now you're like in the second week and, and you, your confidence is back and the game is certainly there. It's just a matter of finding it again. That looks like Osaka body language that, that, that we've seen there. John, she says, tennis is something I live for, but not the reason I'm alive. Well, what have you taken from what you've heard from her leading up to this event? Yeah, I mean, her, her press conferences do seem like she really is refreshed. You talk about the perspective that, that Lindsay had after childbirth. It's, it's been interesting. I think, first of all, we need to really applaud the WTA. They've made some adjustments. They've changed their maternity policies. They've tinkered with the rankings. They've created this hospitable environment for moms to return. And then one thing I think is interesting about Naomi Osaka, she's talked a lot about, about perspective and logistics. She had a human life inside her. I mean, there's a physical adjustment after carrying a child and, uh, you know, nine months of pregnancy. She's really talked a lot more about the emotional than the physical, which, which has been interesting to me. But again, um, you know, eight players in the draw are mothers. And I think that the WTA deserves some credit here for creating this climate. Another multiple major champion who's won at the Australian Open that is back is Angie Kerber. Yep. We, we saw her return at 10 months later after having her kid at the United Cup help lead Germany to the title there. What did you think of her performance, Lindsay? Uh, I thought it was great to see her back on court, and she was away from the game a little bit longer. She also was struggling a little bit before she mm. left to have her child, so I think it might take her just a little bit longer to be back, but there's a different perspective, obviously, for her coming back. She's so excited to be back, incredibly fit. She's going to get her game back going. She just was a little bit rusty, but it was fun <laughs> to see her out there competing. Did a phenomenal job when her team needed her. Um, so a great re-entry for her, no doubt. We talk about Osaka. She's 26 years old. Angie Kerber's 35. Yeah. Uh, what's the difference, Martina, returning at, at 35 as opposed to 26? 
Big difference. And I think in the future, you will see more players doing just this, having their kids in their mm. 20s and then coming back and playing. Because now the the time for playing and being at your best has much, much longer, right? It used to be maybe 30. 30 was pushing it. So you had maybe eight good years. Now you might have 16 great years. So the the it's much easier to come back after a kid and, and still get to the top of your form, obviously, at 26. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I, I was going to say one more name is added with Ash Barty. Mm. I know that's a long oh, shot, but maybe uh, in 2025, 2026. Exactly. Come on. Young enough yeah. to do it. Young yep. enough. Exactly. Definitely young enough for that. So yeah, everything gets more difficult when you get older. And come, I, some bodies, uh, I talked to Chris, and she felt better after she had a kid, but some, some bodies never recover after a kid. So it, it's all very individual. It depends on each woman, what kind of childbirth they had, what kind of pregnancy they had, and how the body rebounds after that. That first round against Danielle Collins can be tough, yeah. tough for Angie here. We did see Ash Barty, though, watching some tennis. Yeah, that was United. great to see. With yeah, child. big fans. Yeah. With child. <laughs> Still in there. Uh, Caroline Wozniacki, uh, we talked about her returning last summer. Had some really great results. Pushed Coco Golf to three sets at the U.S. Open. And now she's you know, <laughs> committed to a full year. There's Olivia. Yeah. First hits so on cute. labor. How amazing is that? And Caroline <laughs> said she loved it. Loved the atmosphere. Loved the cheers. So cute. Are you you know they're going to be little studs. Yep. James, her totally. son, also younger, but her husband and father, an <laughs> NBA player, they're just the most adorable kids you've ever seen. It's interesting, though. Caroline, I like the way she's going about it, where she's playing where it makes sense, not only for her, but also her family, which you have to do with two kids. In all signs pointing, she's going to skip the Middle East. She's going to come back, get ready for Indian Wells in Miami. She's playing where she wants to play, where she feels like she can play well and what makes sense for her family. Um, I, I like she has that ability to be able to make those decisions. So good for her. Yeah, I mean, I think some players, uh, you know, they they're pregnant and they sort of look into Angie Kerber, I think, said, listen, I'm going to map out my comeback. Naomi Osaka, I don't think we thought she was going to walk away from tennis. I mean, Carolyn Wozniacki is a different story. She walked away, had two children. And then I think she said, you know what? Wait a second. Yeah. A, it might be kind of cool to have my kids on the court watching me play and watching me hit, hit balls. And I also think that, you know, you're priorities change and it's interesting her comeback is very different than a player who like Naomi where mm. she gets pregnant and sort of says all right well here's how I'm going to map out returning I think with Caroline it's much more of a surprise but that changes your perspective too coming back well, I think she said when she was with us and, yeah. and watching some of the matches she thought okay I still can reach this right. level and she stayed incredibly fit she was practicing a lot and I think that came about you're absolutely right by just saying hey I can do this and having the support of her family the old TC bump. We've yeah. seen it happen time and time again. Taylor, too. With Taylor, Eubanks, the whole crew. We'll see if, uh, you know, Wozniacki, if that happens again. And by the way, uh, Alina Svitolina, last year, I think one of the most underrated stories, her coming back so soon after having her kid came back in Charleston, then makes the quarterfinals at Roland Garros, the yeah. semifinals at Wimbledon. And by the way, playing great right now, Martina, beat Wozniacki on her way to the final in her warm-up event, was a set away from taking out Coco Goff in Auckland. Yeah, I think I think having a kid really has calmed her down emotionally. She's much more put together on the court, playing more aggressively. I think she's feeling more brave. I gave birth, so I can do this too. I can move forward more and come to the net. And uh, she's played great tennis. So she's definitely not to be overlooked. I think her nerves are just different now. And I think she'll be able to handle that situation if she gets into that position to, to win again. Yeah, I mean, the, the wrinkle there, too, is obviously uh, the, the husband and the child's father is a tennis player as well. So all the logistics are different. But, you know, it's 
you, you know this better than anyone with friends. It's a challenge having kids. Yeah. <laughs> the challenge playing, it's a challenge trying to raise them anywhere, right? But this was that match we were talking about where Svitolina Wozniacki met in the very first round in Auckland. And Wozniacki wanted more matches going into the Australian Open and wasn't able to get them. Svitolina was sharp. She was ready to go. And the interesting thing, she was more consistent than Wozniacki. That's normally something that Caroline does better than anyone, but it was Svitolina who really relied on her fitness, made very few unforced errors, it's getting balls back in the court, and it was Caroline who was forced to go for more and was missing. And it was Fidelina who was able to come through pretty comfortably in straight sets and really puts her in a good frame of mind for Melbourne. You know, on the subject of moms triumphing in Auckland, Svitolina, what she did was absolutely terrific, but I, I understand there's some precedent for, uh, oh, for no. moms winning in Auckland. Look at this. <laughs> oh, Jack. 2008. Jack. <laughs> he was a Nike kid, straight out the There boat. he was. And, fun, and now he's back to Nike. Yeah. So, I'm still circle. Yeah, looked a little hey, different. He looks though. like Jagger. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we love that. Yeah. Future Horn Frog. Well yeah. played, LD. There he is. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, Lindsay, you brought up, you know, best woman to have not won a major yet and it's Fidelina kind of fits that category yeah, no? well, yeah. we're gonna get there Steve okay. don't jump the gun we still have <laughs> 14 more shows come on I'm gonna give all my answers away today she's she's you know I feel like she's been more aggressive since she's mm -hmm. come back from from having the kid as well Martina have you have you seen Fidelina playing a little bit more aggressive Definitely. She's going for bigger serves and she's moving more inside the court. She's not running back to the baseline, or at least she's not 10 feet behind the baseline for so many shots. She's more like three, four feet mm -hmm. behind the baseline, getting getting more uh, better looks at, at, at balls. And uh, going for the... Sh she really teed off on some forehands that I haven't, haven't seen prior to the baby. Just, you know, <laughs> really going for her. So, yeah. Well, it's not a TC yeah, Live if we don't get one of Lindsay's kids involved. Oh, so, Jagger Leach, day one. Love to see it. See if we, we get the, the other ones throughout, throughout the rest of the 15 days that we have here. Taking a look at our featured matches on day one. Yannick Sinner kicks it off on Rod Laver Arena. Tough one against Botik van der Zandt-Schulp. And then we got Maria Sakri in action. Novak Djokovic, Caroline Wozniacki, Arena Sabalenka, and more. We're talking American hopefuls down under when we come back after a quick break here on TC Live. Well, it is the ace king himself, John Isner, making his TC Live debut Thursday and Friday, January 18th and 19th, right here on the big couch. We're having him sit to take away his height advantage. The man who led American men's tennis for more than a decade will help us break down all the action from Melbourne. Can't wait to have Big John transition from pro player to once again joining us here on Tennis Channel. And speaking of great Americans, it is time to get our expectations of some of the Americans playing today in action down under. Not all the Americans, but Taylor Fritz straight out the gate is playing. This is the guy who's the top-ranked American man. 12 seed, lost in the second round last year, but a big opportunity then to gain points. Glass half full. Plays Facundo Diaz-Acosta first. John, what are your expectations for Taylor Fritz this fortnight? Yeah, but 80 spots in the ranking uh, separate the two, which bodes well for the uh, for the higher seed player. Um, you know, I mean, Taylor knows this as well as anyone. His results at majors have not kept pace with his results throughout the year. This should be they never played before. This ought to be a match he gets through. And then last year he lost in the second round. We'll see if he can do better this year. Got to, got to five in the world last year, but only made it past the third round at one major, Martina. Is this the year he makes multiple deep runs? 
I hope so. I mean, there's no reason why he shouldn't do better at majors. Uh, that serve, he gets a lot of quick points. So physically, three out of five should not be that big a problem for him. Uh, just a matter of believing, I think, and 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 keeping that uh, that energy going over three out of five. You know, two out of three is just a little bit easier to manage uh, that 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 emotion and the energy. And uh, maybe he just needs to get a little more fired up and but be able to sustain it. Um, and then, yeah. I mean, that's the that's question. I, yeah. right? Someone who plays so well at other tournaments and gets to a major and doesn't, it's either mental or physical. So it's either the pressure gets to him, the nerves get to him, or physically he struggles in three out of five sets. It's one or the other. And so you hope that it's a conversation with the team in, in trying to problem solve on, on what, how do we improve on this? Because if he wants to get back into the top ten, if he wants to make a push into the top five, if he wants to win a major, which really is everyone's... Yeah goal that has to be solved yeah uh, I think he's got a decent draw yeah I, I would take him over Sitsipas in the fourth round once he gets to the quarters it's Djokovic and mm. that has not been a favorable matchup yeah. thus far but I think Taylor. quarterfinals yeah that would be a great way to start the year that would be the goal yeah. big step for Taylor yeah. Fritz uh, then we've got Francis Tiafo, who is in the Sinner Rublev quarter made the final eight here back in 2019 Martina hasn't been past the third round since and he's got one of those tough popcorn openers against Borna Chorich. How do you see that one going? Uh, both guys are capable of beating just about anybody or anybody uh, at the top of their game, but also uh, neither has played particularly well like the last few months. So uh, I think it's a 50-50 proposition, and uh, Francis just needs to uh, get fired up and, and impose himself. He's got a more physical game than Chorich and needs to bring it. What's the pathway to victory for Francis in this matchup? He's got to use his weapons. He's got the bigger forehand. He's got the bigger serve. He's got to use it. He's got to be willing to play offensive tennis and control the flow of the match. And Chorch, it's a tough match. It's going to be physical. Mm. But Francis has the finishing power. He's got to use it on these quick courts. Yeah, we, also, we talked about Alcaraz here without one Carlos Ferrero. That's knee surgery. He'll be back. Francis made a coaching change in the offseason. I, I think kind of went under the radar a little bit. He was with Wayne Ferreira for... More than three years, this will be his first major with a new coach. What do we say, Francis? Every year, great guy, love the spirit, love how he feeds on the crowd. Can he make it a physical match? Sometimes he does, sometimes he, he doesn't. Made the top ten for the first time last year. A lot of good signs for him. Still got Jordi Arcanado with him, who's been through, you know, everything with him. So uh, I like this for Francis Tiafo. How about the return of Amanda Anasimova? Mm -hmm. she, she is back, former Grand Slam semifinalist, took eight months off to focus on her mental health. Went to college for a little bit. Says she's in a good position right now as a, as a new coach in Mark Lucero. What, what are your expectations for her? I'm thrilled to see her back competing and to see her kind of give it another go because the sport got the best of her for a little bit of time. And it, it was a hard watch, especially for those really close to her. They just didn't know what to do. So I give her a lot of credit for stepping back for a little bit. I think a lot of players actually can look towards Ash Barty in that regard because it was Ash Barty was right around 19, 18, 19 years old when she said, hold on, you guys, this is way too much right now for me to handle. Stepped back for a couple of years and then came back to winter majors and get to number one in the world and really dominate women's tennis. Amanda also realizing that she needed to take a break. It's great to see her back out on court. She's got a different perspective. Again, I mean, it's maybe a little early for her to really believe that she can make a run. She's got that natural talent. She's a great ball striker. Um, I think she's going to have a big year. I 
just think it might be just a little soon here down under. It, it's a tough first round yep. against Ludmila Samsonov, another big tough time, draw. big time hitter, John. I think Anna Samova wins yeah. that match. Okay. Uh, she's leading the head-to-head. Samsonova yep. lost both of her matches to start the season. Martina was talking about how these elongated careers help players return from maternity leave. Well, here's another benefit. A player can take a year off for sort of a, a mental health reset yep. and come back. Great to see her back. Yep. Nova Southern's loss. That's where Amanda was taking classes. <laughs> I think she still is. All right. So, so uh, it's, it's, it's <laughs> tennis, tennis's game <laughs> if she has to uh, take classes. Great to see her back. I, I think she wins this first match against a top 16 seed, though. I hope so. Okay. Uh, what, what do you think, Martina? I mean, we saw her play two matches in the comeback so Far. had a nice win and then lost the second one look she's been through a lot in her in her young life uh, physically and emotionally so it's great that she recognized that she needed to take that time off that you don't feel the pressure and you know maybe when you go to college you're like yeah maybe i should play tennis <laughs> <laughs> yeah as, as, as difficult as tennis is i think college is just a whole different ball game and uh, you know we are playing a game for a living it's like it's, that's as good as it gets so i'm glad to see her back and uh, she's got the talent, no doubt about it. Just a matter of between the ears more than anything, I think, for her. Good good self-awareness from Amanda. And uh, yeah. it's John's yeah. upset pick of the day, taking Anna Samova over Sam Sonova. Uh, how about Alicia Parks? Completing the career box set of major main draws. It's her first time in Melbourne. Plays a qualifier. Had some big steps last year. Did part first title. Got to the top 40. What kind of progress do you expect to see from her, Lindsay? I think the big focus for Alicia will be now be consistent results mm. and trying to play great tennis week in and week out and had such a great year the year before in winning the championship and her ranking went so high. Now she's got to follow it up. She proved herself as an indoor player. Mm -hmm. Now she needs to bring those weapons outdoors. Melbourne's a good environment for her. Like quick courts, can get hot and play fast. She's got a big game. Won a doubles title in Cincy last year with our own Taylor Townsend as well. What do you like most, Martina, about Alicia Park's game? Uh, I like her confidence. I like her, her strengths. And, uh, you know, she's a, she's a good athlete and put it to good use. So uh, I think doubles helped her become a better singles player. And, and we might see better results for her from her on the tennis, on the singles court as well. Did you beat Caroline Garcia in that clip? Yeah. Maybe that's a yeah, little fun, for, yeah. foreshadowing for Naomi Osaka. But she, she returned to win that match. Alicia Parks has one of, what, 10? Are there 10 better servers on the WTA Ooh, Tour? No, Pure serve. So. Yeah, she's, she's got a tremendous yep. serve. And that ought to be good for a few rounds in itself. Yep. All right. Big thanks for Alicia Parks we this year. So. Look, looking forward to it. Could be, could be uh, making some more appearances for Team USA as well. There's Coco Golf getting ready to go. U.S. Open champion like Coco Golf. Why is that, Martina? <laughs> That looks like an injury waiting to happen. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. so There's a lot going on there. I thought the same thought. It's all for the core. Got to get that core strength. Yep. She's chewing that's gum awesome. as well. Looks tough to that's me. That's a lot. <laughs> a lot of activity there. <laughs> Much more still to come here on TC Live. We will reset the big storylines here from the top-seeded stars. Plus, you do not want to miss what Lindsay, Martina, and John have to say about today's matches get you ready for first ball in Melbourne less than an hour away. Don't go anywhere. Welcome back. Beautiful Melbourne, Australia. Test your tennis IQ for a chance to win $50,000. Scan this QR code on the screen or go to tennis.com slash play to enter the match point predictor game. Answer questions about the action in Melbourne to win cash prizes and become eligible for the $50,000 score 
perfect jackpot. Hurry, the deadline is Monday night. Get those things in there. Back with the 2000 Australian Open champion, Lindsay Davenport. By the way, didn't mention this earlier, but the, the outfits are, are straight Always. out of... AO, yeah, the, yes. the tie, the, the <laughs> yellow, the blue, it's, it's all blue there in Australia. So ready to help some people make some money? $50, I'm so $50? bad on these questions always, <laughs> and you guys always put me on the spot here, but I'm, I'm going to do my best. Okay, we're going to pick one of the questions today. Okay. Uh, th this one is, how many unseated women are going to make the quarterfinals this year? What do you think? Um, a lot of big names mm -hmm. that are unseated yep. that have been uh, certainly to at least a semi of a slam. We've got Raducanu. You've got Osaka Grand Slam champions. You've got Kerber floating around. Okay, so I'm going to say uh, one. One. Yeah. Okay. Last year there were two. Uh -oh. year before that there were three. Oh, come on. See, I needed that so info <laughs> first. <laughs> so, so it always happens. What, what name out of... The one, I guess, you're going with. I mean, Wozniacki has an opportunity as exactly. well. Exactly. You also have Sloane Stevens sure. floating around there. Um, you know, I, th I mean, Osaka is the one you've got yeah. probably to, to really think it could really make a deep run. She's won four majors before. Like her game, she doesn't have a lot of matches, though, coming in. I, I actually think it's going to go someone that hasn't won a major before. Mm. I think it might be kind of like an outside name. I like Mira Andreva. Okay. She is in Jabir's section, but she is going to be a Grand Slam semifinalist, Grand Slam champion at some point. Maybe it'll be here. I like that pick. Do you have one? Uh, you know, I think I'm going Sloane Stevens. Okay. Because I think when she's in any draw, yep. she can make it deep in that draw, especially when she's unseeded. You have to go all the way back to 2014, the last time at the Australian Open, that it was all seeds in the quarters. Wow. So okay, usually, so if I said one, how many are you saying? I'll go with two. Okay. Yeah, I'll go with two this year. We'll talk next week. We will talk <laughs> next week and see who was right, who was wrong, and we will break it all down. But hopefully you get this one right and make all that cash. We're getting closer to the start of the 2024 Australian Open. we got all the top stories with Lindsay, Martina, and John straight ahead right here on TC Live. Welcome back. A reminder that TC Live comes your way at 5 o'clock Eastern every day. Two-hour pregame show. The only one in the biz to get you ready for first ball over on ESPN. Then at 11 a.m. Eastern, it is Tennis Channel Encore coverage with Brett Haber and Paul Anacone. Don't want to miss that either. The Australian Open now a 15-day event. We are starting Saturday in the States, Sunday in Australia. And that means an extra day to see Novak Djokovic yeah. in action. He is starting on day one, and this is a guy that is going for all the records the sport ever has to offer. I don't think he'll get every record, Martina. <laughs> don't, don't worry. Thousand weeks inside the top ten, probably not going to get that. Nonetheless, how about these numbers? 25 is what he's going for, just stand alone above all others. Did you ever think we were going to get to this, Lindsay? Oh, it was that race seemed so tight. What was it at one point? Federer at 20, Rafa 17. It wasn't. Well, it was 20. Uh, oh, yeah. And Novak, no, but oh, Novak yeah, was yeah. down at like 11 or 12. 12. Like yeah, it 12. seemed he was so far out of reach. And, and when all is said and done, he's going to be like looking way back in the rearview mirror. He's just remarkable. No signs of slowing down. He's going to add a couple this year, no doubt. Let's hear from him inside the press room as he goes for more history. Look, it's no secret that I, I verbalize my, my goals and I say clearly that I you know, want to win every slam that I, that I participate and play on. Um, it's no different this year. Um, you know, I'm just hoping I can start the season in a way that I have been starting my seasons, most of my seasons and throughout my career with, with a win here in Australia, in Melbourne. I hope that, yeah, I'm going to be able to, to 
uh, if not play at the level that I did last year, then be very close to that because that was you know, one of the best tennis uh, levels that I've played. It's absolutely incredible, John. You got to spend some time with Novak doing a great piece on 60 Minutes. Well, what did you learn about him and his kind of philosophy in, in coming towards these records? It's interesting. I think he's sort of he's beyond the false modesty. I mean, he knows it sounds hollow to say, boy, I'm just hoping to do my best. He, he knows what's at stake. He knows how absurd these records are. And he said something really interesting to me. He said, you know, I, I was a chaser for so long, and now I want to be a creator. So I think he's kind of mentally moved on past this GOAT race, which, you know, to his credit, he said it meant something to him. It, he's really proud that he was able to eclipse Roger and Rafa. And I think he sort of mentally switched to a new phase where it's about building, creating, thwarting these young kids. But sort of he's found motivation, even though the two guys that motivated him for so long aren't on the scene at this tournament. Oh, me. Uh <laughs> Yeah, it's, uh, you know, he's found the secret sauce to longevity and really being able to uh, peak for the majors. It's That's what it, tennis has become all about, just the majors. So then you really schedule yourself perfectly. And Novak has found the perfect sauce. Uh, so I, I don't see anybody beating him unless they get a lot better in Okarazas to improve, especially three out of five. And uh, right now... Father Tom may be the only one that beats Novak, maybe injuries, but right now, tennis-wise, he beats you down. Two out of three, a lot of people have a chance. Three out of five, he is so efficient the way he plays uh, with his stroke production, doesn't have to run around his backhand to hit the forehand, so he's really, really efficient in energy conservation. And then he spreads the court so much, he gets everybody else so tired. They Even if they get two sets, they cannot get three. So Father Tom is the best chance of beating Novak Djokovic at this stage. Yeah. It's so true. And and yet, this is the year he turns 37. All the <laughs> yeah. other players we talk about that are, are at his age, we're like, oh, when, when are they going to hang it up? Why are they still coming out there? Novak, it's like he's the number one player in the world. Nobody can beat this guy. He's got a, a projected path to number 11. Uh, what do you see as potentially a roadblock for him? Uh, it's interesting. Starts off against uh, a player who won the juniors yeah. last year, uh, Roland Garros. I don't know with Novak about how far ahead he looks in the draw, right? It, for him, I, I don't think he, I think it's all about managing himself and his injuries getting through. Certainly, it would be great to see him play Andy Murray in the third round, maybe Ben Shelton in the fourth round, who had such a great run here last year. But really, you look towards the semis when you have Novak. You, you almost like skip those first few rounds. And a great sign that he's playing on Sunday. I think if his arm or his wrist was really bothering him, he'd want his latest start as possible. The fact also that he can play on the opening day, he knows also you want to manage yourself now over 15 days. He's got seven matches in 15 days. I want to start as soon as possible so I get the most amount of rest if needed. He's a master at these kind of events. He knows how to handle himself. He knows how to physically stay fresh towards the end. I think it's going to it's tough to see anyone beating him. I think that's a yeah. really important point. I mean, peek behind the curtain. Novak ain't playing on the opening day if Novak doesn't yeah. want to. So yeah. the fact that he was agreeable to this, I think that answers a lot of questions about his wrist. And then we showed that draw. I mean, the, the only other top ten player in this quarter is Tsitsipas, who comes in with no momentum. And, oh, yeah, that's who Djokovic beat last year in the final. So as if everything else weren't lining up, that, that draw is pretty kind to him as well. It, it certainly is. And to put it in perspective, there's a few 16-year-olds playing on the, on the women's side in the main draw. They were one when he won his yeah. first <laughs> title in Australia. Yeah.
that it's crazy yeah, the longevity yeah. as well that he's been dominant for so long. There is a young buck, though, that has beaten him before and has been number one in the world before. Carlos Alcaraz coming in to this event, missed it last year, was injured. Let's hear from Alcaraz inside the press room about trying to get back to that top spot. I think I did a good preparation uh, coming to, to this year. Uh, I think right now we, we have to uh, improve with the things that I didn't do well last year, for example, and uh, uh, trying to be uh, to be better with uh, with my team and, uh, and myself, obviously. But I think this year uh, it's gonna it's gonna be a, a good one. <laughs> Uh, I like that confidence out of Carlitos. He won six titles last year, won Wimbledon. Martina got back to number one in the world. Now he's chasing once again, but can do it by the end of this tournament, depending on the results. He said himself, there are things I can do to get better. What do you think Carlos can improve on? I'm most of all managing his uh, emotions and managing his energy in the three out of five because he's had issues with his cramps on different body parts different uh, locations, Paris, uh, Cincinnati. Uh, and so that's the biggest thing. I think he knows when to want to pull the trigger on the drop shots. He knows how to play the game. Uh, the faster surface should be helpful somewhat to him because then all the weapons pay off more. Uh, but just to be able to manage that, um, how much energy you have for three out of five set match versus a two out of three against the top players, particularly, again, it all comes back to Novak. <laughs> Yeah, it'll be interesting. This is the first time that Carlos will be down under as a favorite, as really a rock star now. When he was last there a couple of years ago, he was a breakout star. People were curious to see what he could do. He was still a newcomer. Now he's a favorite to win the title. We'll see how those expectations weigh on him. Steve, we were also talking about at the commercial, coach isn't with him. Mm -hmm. Longtime coach. He, he has his coach's former coach yeah. uh, with him. Don't think it'll make a big difference, but obviously a little different in the camp there. We know that he does rely, looks over awful lot to his camp and his group there. Um, but it, just a couple of changes came late also to Australia. So we'll see if he's ready to go in the first round. Yeah, Juan Carlos Ferro had a knee surgery, so couldn't make the trip to Melbourne. Nonetheless, his projected road to the title at the Australian Open looks like this. And... What do you think of it, John? I mean, you, you look at his draw, there, there are a lot of sort of annoying players. Mm. There are a lot of players, you know, even that first round, he's, I doubt he's going to lose to Richard Gasquet. On the other hand, it might be his last Australian Open for Gasquet, a veteran, former top 10 player. That's a little bit of a variable. Dan Evans could be tricky. Bublik, you never know what you're going to get. I mean, I don't see him losing in week one, but I, I think there's some players there that might annoy him, which may be a disguised blessing, but his, I think his draw is much tougher than Novak's. Martina Lindsay brought up the point. It's a different mindset this year. You're, you're coming in as a two-time major champion. You're coming in as somebody who folks are gunning for you. How does he deal with that? Well, I think he handled it pretty well last year because he's number one the year before, and, and uh, he, he ended up uh, having a great year this last year. Uh, where everybody knows how to play him now. It was the sort of the sophomore year, so he handled it beautifully. The only person he couldn't handle was Novak. I would like to see him, especially now that Juan Carlos is not there, to see him just stay on the court a little more and don't look at the box after every single point, trying to get advice or encouragement. I mean, the fans are on his side. It's not like he's the, un the, he's the favorite and everybody's rooting against him. So just stay, manage that energy a little bit better on the court and think things through yourself. I think that might give him confidence as well. That would be interesting. We were talking about the draw, fourth round Tommy Paul. 
Tommy Paul had a great run in Melbourne last year. Was able to beat him last summer. That one could be a big match if, if excuse me, if Carlos isn't quite ready to go at the first major. Tommy Paul's going to be ready. He likes playing in Melbourne also, so look forward to that one if it happens. Could be the third man in the open era to win three major titles before turning 21. So we shall see. Hasn't been past the third round. I expect him to do that this year. Those are your two favorites on the men's side. But still to come, she hasn't lost a match since September. Are you taking Iga Sviantec or the field? We will break down the top storylines on the women's side at this year's Australian Open. Davenport average to love a worth time and Weissman back with you. 65 major titles between the four of us. Uh, there are 14 major champions in the women's field this year. Lots of opportunity. Let's hear from some of the top contenders as they prepare to take the court. I feel really great. Uh, um, I had an incredible season last year. I improved a lot as a player and as a person, and I did a really great preseason. We worked, uh, we worked a lot, and I feel like we improved a lot. So um, I feel really great and feel like I'm ready to go. I'm kind of taking it step by step, so I'm not looking that much forward. I remember last year I was looking, you know, I was kind of analyzing what I can do throughout the whole year, and it, it was really, I mean, I got tired just thinking about it, you know. So this year I'm just thinking about um, until the end of Australian Open and then I'm going to think about my next goals. All right, one step at a time. Well, yeah. We like to hear that from Iga. Comes in as the world number one. She's won 16 matches in a row, Martina, but has only been past the fourth round a single time at the Australian Open. Why do you think that is? Uh, probably just because it's the first tournament of the year more than anything. You know, people, uh, some, especially the top players, have a harder time getting enough rest in between the previous season and the new season. Um, maybe the weather also. I mean, you know, Polish people are not used to that kind of a heat. So it could be that. Um, or just, just ran into good players, you know, maybe was too nervous. It could be a whole bunch of things. So I think she's doing a good job thinking just this tournament, just this, not the rest of the year, just stay in the moment, literally stay, play it one day at a time and uh, don't look too far ahead because there's nothing you can do about that. You can only uh, deal with what's, what's in front of you today. So I think her mindset is much, much better. And as well, there's some tweaks in her game that may make the necessary improvement needed to win this, win this thing for you. Hot take, it may have been a blessing for her that she lost that number one ranking late last year. Then she regained it. She had a lot of momentum, really played well to close out the year. She was terrific at United Cup. But, yeah, I mean, she should be the number one seed. That's her ranking. But she's only won one major off of clay. She's never even reached the final in Melbourne. I, I think she's probably on paper your favorite. But I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if another player, I, mean, I don't think it's anything close to the men's side where, you know, Ega versus the field, I think you got to take the field, no? Hmm. I, I would agree with that. Billie Jean King says you've got to see it to be it. I, I haven't seen it yet, so we'll see. It, she can certainly prove it, Lindsay, yep. but the road to is not an easy one. I mean, she hasn't been to a final, as John said. First round, she's playing somebody who won this whole thing just four years ago in Sophia Kennan. Second round, it's either another former champion or a finalist. I love what she said in press. Is, is she's trying to learn from last year's mistake, and, and that's number one. And maybe some this draw will make her focus from the very first round. She knows she can't afford to get down on herself, look too far ahead, especially when you're playing all of these great players right off the bat, starting off with Kennan, then Collins or Kerber. It was Collins who beat her here a couple of years ago in a semifinal that Iga was a heavy favorite in. 
It, it's funny because the Australian Open plays fast, but this Grand Slam, the speed changes more so than any other major. A couple of years, it was lightning fast. Now, I think that really hurt Iga for a couple of years. Don't think it's quite as fast. It's certainly a fast hardcore, but I don't think it's like lightning anymore. So that gives Iga just a little bit more time. She needs a little bit more time. She does not like to play on super fast courts. So that has been a huge problem for her as well. She needs that little bit of time to with her grips and to get her forehand. I think things are lining up more in her favor. I don't also see a 100-degree day in the first couple of days of first week. Who knows in the second week? I think that kind of heat really debilitates her as well. I'm looking forward to that first-round matchup. Kenan and Sviantek, that is one of those blockbuster matches that we have in the first round. The returning champ, though, is Arena Sabalenka. Check that box off. Got to number one in the world last year as well, Martina. But what is the pressure like coming back after winning your first major? Nice problem. <laughs> you know, well, you don't have to doubt whether you can win it. You did it. It was the first one as well. So far, the only one. But uh, she's not done. And and the, 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 you know, I, whenever I came to a tournament when I wanted the year before, I had extra confidence. I didn't look at extra pressure. I just looked at extra confidence. So she should be thrilled about it. I'm sure there's big photos of her from winning last year. So that makes you feel good. And uh, obviously the surface uh, suits her. A bunch Iga and the and the court and Sabalenka. Iga has the most complete game of anybody, but on a faster court like this, she can get hit off the court by somebody like uh, Sabalenka, which is yeah, which is possible. Yeah. Again. It's interesting. Sabalenka cracked in the U.S. Open final against Goff, and, and she's spoken a lot about how the crowd really got to her. Like, she was not prepared for that, which, shame on her, shame on her team, but that crowd was always going to be 98% for Goff. Wasn't prepared, and it got to her mentally. She can't afford to have that same mistake happen. Again, well, curious to see if she comes into this major with a little bit of a different mindset, if, if she tries to control things a little differently, amazing accomplishment winning it 12 months ago. But once you win one, it becomes about how do I win more? Mm. She's been, she wants to stay at number one, get to number one, start to dominate. You've got to win more majors. You can't afford that mental lapse that she had in the final against Goff. She's been yeah. so consistent. Made the semifinals at all four majors last year. Also had a hiccup mm. at Roland Garros yep. in that match yep. as well. So a couple of matches where... She, you know, me- mentally wasn't able to hold up. But hearing from her leading up to this event, she says, what doesn't kill me makes me stronger. Seems like her headspace, you're, you're shaking your head. I-, I feel like her headspace yeah, is in the right I spot. feel like I'm the cartoon villain uh, twirling my mustache here. <laughs> um, you know, Wimbledon, very winnable match late in the tournament. Let it slide. As you yep. say, that U.S. Open final, we all credit to Coco Goff, but kind of let that one slip. And then rematch of last year's final against Robachin. She won three games a week ago. Yeah. So she's coming in, the player she beat in the final last year, she lost 0-3 to? I, I mean, nice player. Yeah. She w- won this event and has stayed at the top echelon, but a lot of opportunities have really slipped through her fingers since then. How, how much do we put into the, the warm-up match? 0-3? Enough. Enough. You don't put anything in it? No, it's not good. Yeah. I mean, if I'm coming to a tournament, I, that bothers me more than losing to Coco at the U.S. Open because I got nervous. But getting hit off the court like that, the way she yeah. did against Rybakina, that can't give you much confidence. That's not, that's not helpful. All right. we'll, we'll see. Uh, returning champ looking to go back-to-back. Somebody hasn't done that in Australia since. Victoria Azarenka. Wow. It's been over a decade since somebody went back-to-back at the Australian Open. And speaking of her, guess what? 
Exactly. Our producer, Mark Huston, was right on. He's like, we're going <laughs> to yeah. show you Victoria Azarenka getting ready to go in the gym. Two-time champ at the Australian Open. More TC Live on the way, including today's match previews. Who could be primed for an early upset? Find out later in the show. Faces the champions from last year in Melbourne, Arena Sabalenka, first major title, Djokovic, number 10 in Melbourne. Now he is up to 24 overall. Those folks direct entries into the draw, but here's some folks who needed three matches to qualify. A couple Americans, how about Alex Kovacevic, one of four players who played college tennis that qualified for this year's Australian Open. Katie Volleynets as well. Nice to see this. And how about David Goffat, former top 10 player, John, who uh, had to qualify this year? Yeah, some injuries, some breaks. Uh, tough sport, this tennis. We forget. Uh, it's easy to fall. Good for these six for making the main draw. We always root for Ukrainian players. Good for your Stremska and Volinets. She was a middle weekend player last year, so nice to see her back in the main draw. Brenda, the younger sister of Linda. Joins Cooper her Sova. sister in the right. main draw. Who's yeah. in the main draw already? Yeah. Yeah. Got sisters there. Hobart, we go. This is yesterday. Two-time champ Elisa Mertens facing former NCAA champ Emma Navarro. Already the third women's final this year, Lindsay, with the top two seeds. Uh, we know that Sviantec has been dominating 16 matches in a row, but has there been another player as dominant as Emma Navarro so far this season? And it was Andy Roddick a couple of years ago on this show was saying that you do the eyeball test in Australia. Who has done the work in the offseason? And hello, there's your winner. Emma Navarro looks like a different player. Wins her first career title. She is fit as a fiddle. She is playing confident tennis. That's a big win against Elisa Mertens. Love the way she started a year. And it is always such a huge moment when you win your first title. She was celebrating with her team. We'll never forget Tasmania, up to career high, 26 in the world right now. She's the 27th seed at the Australian Open, John, has more wins on tour than anybody. Eight, I know everybody hasn't played yet, right. but she's, she's already racking up the wins. What's impressed you most about what she has done to start this season? I, I think she's done, well, I, I think it's a big picture that she's done all of this without the big, you know, cannonball into the pool at a major. I mean, we're still waiting for a big major breakthrough, and she's already seated at this event. She's just composed. She knows how to win. As you say, she looks more muscular than she did a, a year ago, but this has been a really nice trajectory. You know, and I've got to give a lot of credit to her and her schedule. I mean, she has played a schedule where she's learned to win, and she's played at all these different levels, and she keeps figuring out ways to compete and to win. And now is when the time, now she's going to have to make that jump up to the next stage and the bigger stage and play some of the players more regularly in the top 10. But what a way to do it is to do it by winning, getting confidence, and getting better each and every month. This is just a year and a half after leaving UVA. I mean, she joins Jill Kravis, Lisa Raymond, Danielle Collins, fourth NCAA singles champ to go on and win a WTA title in the 21st century. Uh, how far do you think she'll go in Melbourne, John? It's a, I mean, you, you look at her draw and you say, well, wait a second. Well, she's seated, so she's not going to play a player higher ranked than her until the third round at the, at the earliest. I'm middle weekend, is that reasonable? I absolutely think it is. The one caveat is how is she emotionally? She's pretty chill out there. But uh, you have to imagine that she was pretty excited and pretty happy to win. It is a tough turnaround. She'll have anywhere from about 48 hours, maybe a little bit more if she gets to play on Tuesday. 
but you've got to reset. You've got to get used to the conditions in Melbourne. And that's something when you win your first title, you're not as accustomed to doing. And then walking into a major as a seed as well, different environment, a lot of stress, a lot of pressures. Um, so we'll see. It'll be a big test for her. Yep. She has such an even-keeled disposition. Yeah, just, I feel like nothing bases her in life. So we shall see. But congratulations once again, Emma Navarro. First career title. In Adelaide, a couple of 26-year-olds with six titles each, exactly 348 wins each. Playing for another trophy, Lindsay. Elena Ostapenko, Daria Kazatkina. The, the Russian got two walkovers into this Yeah, and through, two years in a row, I believe. Two yeah. walkovers to be able to get through at Adelaide. But could you have more polar opposite players, a player who goes for a winner on everything and a player who doesn't like to go for winners on anything. And it was Ostapenko who was able, when she is on, there is nearly impossible to beat her. She was on fire, slice winner there. She's hitting the ball well. She's competing well. And let's not forget, she played awfully well last year. The Australian Open took out Coco Goff there. She's going into Melbourne this year with a lot of momentum. Broke every service game that she had a break point. 32 winners. That is title number 10, fitting because she is back in the top 10 as well. Well, a first career title guaranteed on the men's side in Adelaide, John. It would be either Jack Draper or Yuri Lehechka. Yeah, this uh, this could be a major semi a few years from now. Two very promising young players. Draper took the first set. Remember, Draper's the guy who took a set off of Rafa in Australia last year. We've talked a lot about his shot making. Big kid that moves pretty well. Look at that shot there from Laheshka in the purple. Perfectly played. Laheshka got to the quarters of the Australian Open last year. was a real revelation. Tailed off a little bit, but he's picked up where he was last year. Playing well in the Antipodes. Big kid, 22 years old. This was a really clean match on both sides. Listen to this. 24 winners, only five unforced errors for Draper, and he's not the player who won this match. 34 winners, 17 unforced errors for Laheshka. Again, this is the player who announced himself a year ago, and here he is the day before the tournament starts, winning his first career title. Big stuff. Career high 23 in the world now. First Czech man to get inside the top 25 since Thomas Burdick back in 2018. Title looks good on him. Well, we could have another first-time champion in Auckland, John. Chilean qualifier Alejandro Tabilo taking on Taro Daniel. Yeah, who, you ask? Tabilo, a player who's barely in the top 100. He's made most of his bones on play, but, well, he played some terrific tennis. There's a nice top spin lob showing a little bit of variety there. Keep in mind, Auckland's about four and a half hours from Melbourne, so whoever wins this, it's a great title, but they've got to get to Melbourne for the main draw of the Australian Open. Playing for his first career title in Tabilo. Really nice stuff around the court. Again, 37 winners to only seven unforced errors playing in a final for your first title. That is rising to the occasion. Just a really solid performance against the Japanese veteran Taro Daniel. First title. Now he's got a long flight to play in the main draw in Melbourne. He's flying. He's already started. Yeah, coach had to get a visa just to come there. It was a whole deal, but this guy's a champion. said, honestly, I never thought we were going to be here in the final. Raising the trophy nice. at the end. He'll make his top 50 debut. On Monday, pretty impressive stuff. Ah, look Whoa. at that. <laughs> I mean, is he a rock star or what? Love it. Man. <laughs> Love it. The tinted shades. It's like I mean, Daisy Jones. <laughs> looks like a member of the Beatles. And then the antithesis of that, yeah. we've got Squidward. Uh, Daniil Medvedev <laughs> walking into the room. 
two-time runner-up at the Australian Open. Not a lot of folks talking about Medi right now. Well, I mean, he didn't play a match coming in, so we haven't had a whole lot of reason to discuss it. A couple of, we talked about that with Alcaraz, Sinner, and Medvedev all just deciding to start their season in Melbourne, but not Rublev. He's rocking the confidence yeah. early this yeah. season. That's actually how Wertheim walks yeah, into the green room when he comes to work. He's the front man for what band that's playing Rod Laver tonight? Wait, he was in a band, song? wasn't he? Yes. Oh, yeah, that's oh, right. That's what yeah, I mean. Yeah, he really that's was. Right for, uh, leftover from his musician days. That's, that's a good look. He, he knows what's up. Still to come, it is our Bet365 match preview. The odds on Yannick Sinner's first match. Uh, he's got that new commercial place, an astronaut, a chef. But will he fill the role of major champion in Melbourne? We will find out. Back on TC Live, don't miss your chance at $100,000. Play Racket Bracket and choose the round-by-round -round winners in Melbourne. Win cash prizes, including $50,000 jackpots for perfect men's or women's picks. Scan the QR code on your screen or visit tennis.com slash play to enter. And hurry, the deadline is Tuesday night. Time now for our Bet365 match preview. It is the first match inside Rod Laver Arena. Yannick Sinner, top four seed at a major for the first time, heavily favored against the former top 25 player, Botic Vendezanschulp, has made a quarterfinal, the hardcore major before. John, what do you think of these odds? I think that's about right. Uh, former top 25 player for the Dutchman, but uh, now he's outside the top 50. And Sinner, we shall see. This is like, Lindsay, you know how you're a teenager? Sometimes you just... Let them sleep. You don't set an alarm. That's a little <laughs> bit like how Sinner is with this season. So maybe he'll be a little rusty, this being his first official match of the year. But I think it's probably a good sign that he gave himself some extra rest. Yeah, it was a tough end of the year for yeah. him because he had Davis Cup after Sinner, the, yeah. uh, excuse, for Sinner, the ATP finals. And he needed a little bit more time. You also want time to rest, but then you also need time to train. So we'll see. He will be a little bit rusty, but he's hoping he can play his way into this tournament this first week. Two wins over Novak Djokovic at the end of last yeah. year. But before that, I was like, I don't think he has it. Then I was like, kid's Maybe. a killer. Yeah. He, he's got it. Also had wins over Alcaraz, Medvedev, Runa. Does that make you think, John, that he has what it takes to be a major champion? Now? Yeah, those, those two wins over Novak, those were win-wins. Yeah. I mean, those were like staring and not blinking wins. Uh, that showed us a lot. That ought to give him a lot of confidence. This is someone we always knew about the talent. We always had a lovely guy. Does he have that sort of, uh, we, what our friend Mary Carrillo calls fangs, does he have that killer instinct? <laughs> he showed so much the last four weeks of the season. Yeah, what did you see from him? Well, you never really know if, you're, if, if, someone, if a player is born with it or can you develop it in many different areas. And that is one area that's really tough to just develop. All of a sudden become really rock solid, really mentally tough, really believe that you can beat the best ever. And something changed in Sinner last season. Midway through the season to the to the end, he was a different kind of competitor out there. So a huge kudos to his team for getting him into that mindset. He's got a coach in his box with a nickname killer. Yeah. So that could help as well, Cahill. Uh, what area of his game, John, do you think he could still improve upon? Um, I, think, I mean, some of it is just durability. We've seen some matches. We've been physically compromised. But a lot of it is just what happens when it's four all in the decisive set and there's a pretty strong body of work in the past that said this is when he will so i think that's why the last you know three four tournaments of last year were that much more important for him we've said it a couple of times this show 
We got to see it. You got to see yeah. seven wins in a three out of five set match. Yeah. But because he's got the game, he's building towards that. It seems like it's inevitable, but we have to see it. And especially with Novak, and I just don't think that Novak's going to say like, oh, okay, <laughs> why don't, <laughs> yeah, right. why don't, it's your turn here in Melbourne. No, no chance. I mean, he's going to lock it down even more. And we hope we get that semifinal. That would be a dream match to be able to see. I, I didn't believe Alcaraz could do it at Wimbledon yep. until he did it. He did it exactly. If now you believe. Us, listen, it, he will. Yeah. But let's just see when it is. <laughs> All right, let's enter the social net. And uh, we showed this at the beginning of the show. But Casper uh, Ruud and the 424 ball kids at the Australian Open. Lindsay, I don't, I don't know. Like, you toss the ball up, you want to catch it, right? Like, yep. that's Ooh. not just. Like, that's, uh, <laughs> they didn't all catch it. Oh. <laughs> <They> did. <laughs> it's probably hard to do a retake, also, right? Casper yeah. did. Did he? <laughs> caught his. He's a good Casper can do some. Error on the shortstop. A record number of ball kids at this event. Uh, good for Casper Rude. But yeah, that's a. Uh, if I'm the ball kid coordinator, I'm thinking that's a, uh, that's a dispiriting number of bouncing balls, uh, <laughs> missing catches. All right, good time, guys. Job. You don't always yeah. catch your caps, though, like at a graduation, that's true. right? That's, true. that's so. part of the. Is that, maybe that's what they were doing. I don't know. If you were Maybe. hired as a cap catcher, though. <laughs> All right, never mind. What else we got? Craig Tiley, the, the tournament director, will be on the show tomorrow. We'll ask him. Maybe right. this was just, you know, to get a photo of all the tennis balls in the air. Uh, uh, Rafa, sadly, will not be with us at the Australian Open this year. But uh, we did get some shots of uh, future, future Rafa. Yeah, this was in Brisbane, a tournament at the park. It, it's so adorable. Rafa traveled with his family down there. We wish we would have seen this in Melbourne. Yeah. So cute, though, huh? It's not, uh, it's not, it's not pirate shorts. Notice he's gripping the racket with his right hand. But as we know, that is not necessarily dispositive. Um, like his dad. He may be able to transition to lefty. That's adorable, though. Yeah. Amazing. John, any insight onto when you think we're going to see Rafa again? I, I, it's a good question, and I think he really wants to play tennis. Um, well, the Indian Wells, maybe. I, you know, I, I hate to speculate, but I, I do think he really wants to give this thing a go. And part of the reason he's not playing is precautionary, not because he's completely immobilized. He's got that big match coming up in Vegas against Carlos Alcaraz yeah. right before Indian Wells. So. Good reason to head Good west. Good reason to come back. <laughs> <laughs> I think Netflix definitely wants him to uh, to be healthy by then. But uh, anytime we can see Rafa is a good time. And how about yeah, that grip? What, what, do, what do we think of the grip? Western? Is it Western? Speaking of. Oh, what a chance. The legend, four-time Australian Open champion Andre Agassi in the house. We saw him on social hitting balls the other day. Didn't miss a beat. Yeah, he looks phenomenal as well. So great to see him back in uh, the tennis world. Absolutely. I mean, some folks say Federer, Nadal, Djokovic, who I, that's my guy right there for life. Andre Agassi, favorite player. And when he is involved in the game, it is a good time. Back with more TC Lab after this. Back on TC Lab, just moments away from first ball year's first major. Get hyped. Have we heard the music? John, it's time for your stat of the day. I need the two. Yes. They're singing my song. There we go. Um, we were talking about Alcaraz earlier, and look at this. If he gets to the semifinals, he will join these seven players to get to the semis of all four majors. Keep in mind, this is only his third Australian Open, and he's 20 years old, so that would be uh, quite an achievement and quite... Uh, you know, that's, that's, that's a pretty elevated company he would find himself in. The big three, plus Andy Murray, Safin Burdick, and Aaron Chilich, Stan Wawrinka, who has won three majors. 
um, has never gone to the semis of Wimbledon. So Alcaraz, big opportunity uh, to keep going. Uh, again, didn't play last year, so we'll see what he can do this year. Like 20 years old. Great good. trivia question. It's good, right? That was good. good all right. I liked it. All right. so, so Starting off with a bam, John. I mean. 14 more days. Keep coming back, folks. <laughs> More where that came you from. you got to watch the whole show. Exactly. come until the end. Exactly. We're going to you know. drop it in at different times. So you got to watch the whole <laughs> oh, that's show. Right, yeah. That's right. No, you don't want to. Like the, the, the ambush worth on stat of the day. <laughs> Just warm it up, kids. <laughs> Just limber it up. Speaking right. of hot things, uh, okay. uh, it, it's our hot where are we shot going? of the okay. day. Where is it Ooh. from? This, this is Bublik. Oh. I mean, did you see this lens? No. Where is no, it? No, watch this. This is Rise. Oh, my gosh. Wait, we're not done. That's the plus one. Adelaide. Plus one, okay. right? Yeah. Looks like you. What? Pretty good. Watch this. <laughs> oh, yeah, Draper. Give it right back. Just missed. Just missed. Oh, okay. <laughs> you should see Lindsay's face. Like, I thought he made it. I hadn't seen this one. Has everyone Watching seen it? Live. Live. I thought he made this. No. Just missed it. Oh. And for my next trick, watch this. Yeah. You ever see this? What you, you guys, what Liz, you, you ever see this? Look at this. Didn't ask and, and took a potato chip. I don't know. Salt in the middle of a match? Yeah, Are you that's, looking not, yeah that's, that's good. That's good. Yeah. Good. Oh, it's a, it we're running it back for you. Okay. I'm still confused what happened, but double. Okay. I, I don't know if you needed to hit that shot. I think that's what he does it. <laughs> that's talent. That's just, yeah. All right, this is number two. Well, we already saw this, right? Yeah, but there was yeah. playing it back for you. Oh, oh, okay. Oh, Joe Odin. <laughs> it was John the first time. No, it's yours. You have okay. opportunity. He misses that. <laughs> That's great shot making. Fun stuff when you get Bublik on the court. A little bit like Kyrgios when maybe we'll get him back out some point this year. I hope so. I was going to say, in the, working hard, in the absence of Kyrgios, this is your guy right here. Look at this. Kyrgios, you know, is that a Chris? was also on Tennis Channel. Now he's working for like three networks, I think, in Australia, plus the tournament. Had a great interview with Coco yeah. the other day and Novak. Oh, that was fun to Love watch. Love that boob like that. God. He's seated, but he's a wild card. There you go. But I'm bummed. Uh, featured matches today starting momentarily. It's actually noon for Yannick Sinner on Rod Laver. The outside courts are uh, at 11 a.m. Australian time. That is tomorrow. Maria Sakri in action. Novak Djokovic, Caroline Wozniacki, Arena Sabalenka. Let's talk about some of these matches. And the fact that Novak Djokovic has won this title 10 times, 24-time major champ, I just want to give a little bit of love to Dino Prismich, yes. who's an 18-year-old qualifying for his first major, started playing tennis at the same club in Croatia as Goran Ivanisevic, who, by the way, full circle, coaches yeah. Novak Djokovic. Won the Roland Garros Juniors. You talked about that earlier. Also won a challenger title last year. First guy to do that since Stan Wawrinka He's like coming. 20 years ago. Yeah. So just what, we may not be able to talk about him the rest of the, the yeah. weeks, but give, give Dino a little love. And it's a small tennis world, especially in Croatia and that region. So the, these guys know him already. They've been watching him for years. A huge moment. We were talking about it earlier. I think Dino would have preferred second round, trying to get some <laughs> ranking points as he's trying to build his ranking up. But what a what a moment it will be for him. Let's also point out he is half, 50% Djokovic's age, <laughs> to give you an idea of, uh, of longevity. But, no, I, I think that's a good point you raised. You know, here, here's this kid, junior champion, a real junior resume. Yeah. I'm sure he and Novak know each other from, from the Balkans. 
if he'd won one match and then gotten the play, the great champion on the big court, that would probably have been ideal. But, man, what, what a week for this kid. Yeah, yeah. And uh, remember Amazing. the name because so that junior resume is no joke. There's also the winner of last year's Australian Open juniors on the girls' side, Corneva. She also qualified. We have yeah. Fruvertova. These young juniors, they're coming, and they are so good. Now, Corneva beat. Andre, yeah, exactly. now one of the top six yeah. players. So imagine how Favorites good she to is. Win the yeah, title. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Imagine how good she is. I think playing like the real yeah. final in a couple of years. Yeah. We'll see. Uh, Sabalenka, she's won 13 straight first round matches at majors. Yeah. Ella Seidel is making her Grand Slam main draw debut. So uh, it's a good draw for Sabalenka. Here? I think so, and I think also when you're defending your first Grand Slam title. I think that she would be thrilled with this as opposed to it could have been Osaka, it could have been a lot of other players. She's got a match she's be able to try and control. Obviously, Seidel has nothing to lose, but Sabalenka with that experience, especially on the show courts. Yeah, I remember we, we, we talked uh, we talked before about how you never necessarily like to start off a uh, title defense against someone you've never seen before. On the other hand, a qualifier ranked outside the top 100. And in theory, I think Sabalenka ought, ought to be okay and ought to be okay with her draw today. All right. The two returning champions should be fairly yeah. routine. Yeah. We ready for no sleep? Today. No We're sleep ready for no two sleep. weeks. Come exactly. on. That's right. 15 days of no sleep for go. us. TC Live comes your way every day. It's your only two-hour pregame show. Most Hall of Famers you'll find on any tennis program. 5 o'clock Eastern is where we are. Brett and Paul have you covered with the encores at 11 a.m. Eastern. And we are set to go. We're just moments away from first ball. Enjoy day one of the Australian Open. We will see you back here tomorrow, 5 o'clock Eastern. Thank you so much for joining us on TC Live.